Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com. That's H-A-W-G sports.com. Today on the show, we're going to take one last look at this loss to San Jose State. Can Arkansas football recover? We'll discuss all of that. We'll look ahead to the game against Texas A&M coming up on Saturday, a big one at 11 a.m., This is going to be a very feedback-driven show, so be sure to go ahead and start getting your questions in. All that more on Hogsports Live. Okay, I don't have to say a whole lot. If you watched my walk and talk after the video, you pretty much know how I felt coming out of the game. I mean, that's in a very very emotional-driven segment that we've added to the podcast. And uh, uh, a lot of people listened to it. I think a lot of people um, agreed with some of the stuff that I said. And, um, you know, I, I tried to speak to the fan. And so that's how I feel coming out of the game. You know, just get done watching it. You're very raw. You go down and, um, you know, you're listening to the video or, excuse me, the press conference. And, um, you know, I'm writing my stories, my opinion pieces and stuff. And so I pop out of there and um, really just just talk about how I feel about the game. So if you want to listen to that or watch it and you haven't done so already, I suggest you go back and, and listen to or watch the walk and talk uh, post game, which we do after every game. I also want to say this to San Jose State fans because I've had a few of them kind of like, I guess they didn't like what I said, but uh, this doesn't have anything to do with you guys. You guys should be proud of the way that you came down to Fayetteville and performed. There's no question about it. I mean, you came down there, you executed your game plan, and I know for you it has also been tough going through a 1-11 season then starting out this season you have a home loss to Tulsa and you go down and beat an SEC team. I mean, that's got to feel amazing. So I don't want anybody, you know, as a San Jose State fan to feel like I was like degrading them in any sort of any way. I mean, but this is about Arkansas. It doesn't change the fact that a Mountain West school has no business coming down and beating an SEC school. This is not about San Jose State. This is about Arkansas. And one of the things I said also is I don't know that they'll that Arkansas will ever recover. And I don't. That doesn't mean they won't. You know, and I've had a few people say that kind of stuff to me, too. I don't know if they'll recover. I mean, it's been seven and a half years of struggling. I mean, even in the two, maybe you want to say three, two and a half, whatever, good years, there were things that happened that, made those years not what they could have been. You know, like in Brett's best year in 2015, they lost to Toledo at home. You know, that was his best year. And then also, you know, lost that uh, on that field goal to Mississippi State. And really that was kind of a turning point of that program, I felt like. It's been a rough seven and a half years, and there's not really signs right now that things are going to improve dramatically. Before we get into everything, again, get your questions in, but there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always streaming on Facebook Live, hence the name Hog Sports Live. YouTube, uh, be sure to throw us a thumbs up or a like, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Apple Podcasts, uh, right now we're the number one rated show on Apple Podcasts. We love having that distinction, and we appreciate everybody for throwing us a review, a five-star review. Uh, that really helps bump our channel up. Also available on Spotify and Stitcher, hogsports.com. An interesting time to join hogsports.com right now because there is, you know, it's been crazy because you really see how much Arkansas fans care because I think you might expect like traffic would drop down or something like that, but that's not what it's been. I mean, we 
the traffic has been insane on hog sports. And I, I think that, again, that goes to show how important Arkansas football is to this state. This is, this is what we got. This is this is what we got in the state: Arkansas football, basketball, baseball. Um, you know, I, I don't have to go over you know the stuff that's been said for years. There's no other proteins in the state, but people care, and that was one of the things that stood out to me. I'm in the press box of that game in the fourth quarter, and it's rattling. You know, the press box is rumbling, and I've got binoculars. I'm trying to you know look at some things close up, and I just remember the shaking um, because the fans were in there trying to will the team to victory. I mean, they they want it. Fans are hungry, and they're tired of losing, and you can't blame them one bit for some of the reaction that they had. And speaking of reaction, let's go ahead and get to, before we jump into questions here, let's get into Chad Morris and uh, John Chavis, Monday press conferences. I felt like got some pretty pretty tough questions from the media about where this program is and where it's headed. You can't control the answers always, but let's jump right into it. Here's, here's Chad Morris first. Which have you identified what some of the problems have been, and is it is it something with the preparation throughout the week, or something that you got to self scout yourselves and and maybe figure out how you approach this week? Well, we always self scout ourselves each week and see if there's any tendencies, um, and you know, so that's always that's part of our weekly routine that we do. Um, the preparation last week, uh, I thought we I thought we had a good week of of, of preparation in practice. I thought that our guys responded, um, you know, coming off of the win at Colorado State. Um, and, you know, I, I, I didn't see that, no. I, I did not see that coming through the preparation that we had. Yeah, Chad, you know, you said it, just said it now and said after the game, you're going to hold everybody accountable. Does that mean you, you might reassign some responsibilities within the staff? Does that mean you play more young guys to push the old guys? Does that mean you're more hands-on with – certain aspects of the game planning or position groups. What, what, what is specifically, what does that mean, holding everybody more accountable? Well, I, I think it's, it's the performance at all levels from, from everyone. That, that's, that's what we're talking about. And being able as a coach to get your guys to play at a very high level. Um, that's what I mean, holding coaches accountable. And holding players accountable is to get in there and, and, and to execute the plan and, and, and continue to play and play fast and play hard and take care of their preparation. You know, we get them 20 hours a week. Um, three of those count as games. And so, you know, the accountability for everybody to, to make sure that we're not overlooking anything or any aspect of our program or any opponent. And, um, and so that's – it's. It's on everybody. It's on myself included. Um, this is this is this is a head coach, all the way down to the to the equipment. Okay, that was head coach uh, Chad Morris, and we'll get to John Chavis now, defensive coordinator. Again, just a quick clip here. I thought he had a pretty strong reaction when I asked him about uh, just the attitude. Was the attitude of the players right? Here's John Chavis. Coach. Do you think attitude coming into the game was an issue? They did look more frenetic in the second half. And what was the message at halftime? You know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not even going, you know, I'm not even going to talk about, you know, attitude. All right, you know, our kids, you know, we got to mature. Uh, you know, maybe, 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 and I'm just saying, maybe we were a little immature. I don't know. I don't know that for sure. But our kids have had a great attitude. They prepared well last week. Uh, certainly. You know, we, we can say if we wanted to make excuses, and I'm not going to make excuses, heck, it's my responsibility. I can say, oh, we just didn't, you know, we were flat. We, no, 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 no. We're not going to go there. We're not going to go there. Uh, you know, 
could we have competed better? Could we have com uh, competed in some, situ uh, in some situations and, and, and done it with more discipline? Yeah, we could. But again, as, as I say, and I'm not making excuses for anybody, that goes back to what you get done in practice. And, uh, you, know, we're, we're, you know, we're sitting here at the four ball games, and, and I'll be quite honest with you. You know, uh, it, it's, it, we, we, it's a frustrating situation for our head coach to look at our defense. It's frustrating for me because we need to be playing better. And, 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 and we got to get it done in practice. You're not going to just walk out there and play better. We got to get it done in practice. And we got a list of things that we're going to get done. And, and hopefully it's going to help us, you know, play better. Not going to give you that list, not going to talk about it, but we got things we got to get done in practice with a sense of urgency, you know, and, and uh, it's, not a, uh, it's not a good time, and, but it's not necessarily a bad time, but it's not a good time to be a defensive coach because we've got to have that sense of urgency. We got to get it done. We can't, hey, where we are, we can't, we, we, we can't uh, allow it to continue to go that way. We got to get it turned, you know, and, and we got we to gotta play better. Listen. If, 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 if you lose a game because somebody's better than you, okay. You know, we don't like to lose. We hate to lose. But when you don't play well enough and you got an opportunity to, then, you know, it kind of it grinds you a little bit. And I hadn't slept very much, you know. I hadn't slept very much. But, you know, because I care, not because I'm afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of anything except snakes and heights, okay. So, I'm not, you know, I want, I want to help this program get to where it needs to be. And by God, we got to have a sense of urgency right now to take it there. All right, everybody. That's uh, Chavis and, uh, and Chad Morris, uh, their responses today. Some people have asked, and the, the comments are rolling off faster than I can get to them. Again, I apologize, but we've got 455 people on here right now. Uh, but some have asked about uh, Joe Craddock's response to the offensive line and uh, all I can say on that is I think if Joe had probably heard himself say that, he, he would have uh, wished he could take that back because that wasn't, wasn't the comment that you want to hear about. Um, you, got, you need to ask them. So, um, again, I'm sorry if I haven't got to some of your questions. There's like 60 of them on here, and they roll off. So if you've got something that you really want to ask that you asked earlier, maybe ask again, and I'll, I'll try to get to it. But uh, like I said, they are they're really flying off the page. and. Um, so I want to go ahead and jump into some of them. Again, if you haven't watched my walk and talk there, you can, I think, you know, get a pretty good impression of what I feel about the state of the program um, and the state of, uh, you know, everything after, after that game on Saturday. It was just, you can't lose that game. You can't lose that game. So, uh, all right. Let's see. Brandon Sturt says, our inability to tackle in space was exposed in 2016 against Auburn. Until then, we played fairly competitive against anyone. It's already off the page. I'm going to have to scroll down or I'm just going to lose them as I go. Uh, but tackling was an issue Saturday. There's no question about it. There were plenty of times where they had them stuffed at the line of scrimmage and they'd end up, you know, going down for a, uh, um, you know, three-yard gain, stuff like that. It just was not – not good tackling. And I did ask Chavis about the attitude, and I felt looking at the game, watching it, they came out with a different attitude in the second half. You know, they it was almost like, man, we got to do something. We're going to lose this game. You know, it's like they, they thought they strapped on the winning jersey going into it. Rob McCallie says, at least his beard looks good. His defense, on the other hand, <laughs> I can't read that on air. Um, 
yeah, defense was was a problem. And again, they came out in the second half and played well. They still never got pressure on the quarterback, and that that is obviously concerning. They still never got pressure on the quarterback. Um, and but then when San Jose State had to have it in the fourth quarter, I mean, they went through them like Swiss cheese. Five plays, seventy-five yards, boom, 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 just like that. Started off in a first and fifteen, which is ideal for Arkansas. That's that's what you want, you know, something to happen like that and get those guys off the field. You know, with uh, with Starkle, I think all of us, me included, had a tendency to jump on that a little too early. Like he's incredibly accurate. You know, he's going to do no wrong type of thing. They finally got the right quarterback in there, and he goes in and throws five interception. A few of those were due to forcing the ball a, a couple of them were there were a couple others that could have very easily been intercepted by trying to squeeze it into too tight of a window at the same time you don't want to take away that killer instinct that he's got combined with the fact that he was just off natural I mean he was overthrowing play, people I mean some of the two two or three of those interceptions were due to, to overthrows a couple of them were due to forcing the ball where it didn't belong um, you got to have better out of Starkle I think he responded pretty well I mean in terms of like we're going to mix things up. You know, it's on me. I've got to be more focused, obviously. We're going to see a lot out of this Texas A&M game. I mean, there are – it's crazy to say this but in the way college football works, but it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see them go down there and be somewhat competitive. And I don't think they're going to win the game. But there are a lot of things that – college football is an emotional game, and there's a lot of things that go into it. And when you've got a former quarterback from Texas A&M – and Nick Starkle, and a former running back, and Rakeem Boyd, and former defensive coordinator, and John Chavis, and a former an alumnus, and Chad Morris. I think that matters. They actually schemed up against them pretty well on defense last year. But the defense, kind of like I said, I just felt like they were going to get worse and worse. You know, just get worse as the season goes on. They don't have a lot of depth. They have a lot of young players they are going to be relying on more and more. Now, I didn't think that was going to come against San Jose State. I mean, I think I picked them 51 to 23. I think probably most people were along those lines. There's no reason that you would predict or expect Arkansas to lose a game like that. I mean, maybe. But I don't maybe maybe you would after the way the last season went. But um, there's no question. This is the tough part. I mean, there's no question they're a better team personnel-wise than they were last year. I mean, last year's team never would have put up 500 yards and, uh, you know, like they did the last couple of weeks or have a 300-yard pass. So they just didn't have the capability of doing that. But the defense has, has definitely struggled. I mean, there's there's no question. Um, you know, you start off and you win a game 20-13 to 13 against an FCS opponent. You go down to Ole Miss. The sentiment largely is that you started the wrong quarterback, which I think they did. I think they could have invested more time into getting Starkle ready for the season. And, um, you know, then you – Go back and forth kind of with Colorado State. You own the fourth quarter, but you go back and forth and uh, and dominate them in the fourth quarter. And then I think they celebrated too much. You know, I think, yes, you celebrate. Chad Morse is right. You celebrate the wins, especially when you're in this state. You celebrate the little things. But you do have to be mature enough to move on and look to the next play. And I think that fostered the wrong message with the club dub thing. I think it fostered a message of we've arrived that we can go out in this next game and strap on the winning jersey, and that's it. And somebody else will make a play. And that's that's what happened. And San Jose State came, and they called you on it. And they hit a big play early on, set the tone, and, and that was it. 
John K. Sam says, we are a bad team. Yes, Arkansas is a bad football team. They are still the 2-11 and team from last year. They will remain the 2-11 and team from last year until they win an SEC game. Trey, do you see a change at D.C. before any other changes? Uh, I wouldn't put it past anything right now. I mean, if you continue on the way things are, people won't forget this San Jose State loss. I mean, as I said, you lose a lot of grace. People won't forget that. But do I think heads will roll if things continue on like this? If we're talking about going into the rest of the season and they go three and nine this year or worse, or, you know, they get it handed to them by Texas A&M or, you know, Western Kentucky game doesn't go like it should. I mean, this is – we know what happens in college football when things don't go right. Um do I think it's the the right decision with Chad? I mean, people have asked with Chad too, and I and I don't. The the thing that's that's tough is you dig yourself into into another hole, you know. And and I know how how much farther can you go down, but we've said how much farther, how much worse can it get for seven years? We've been saying that, and it just seems like it keeps getting worse. Um, but with Chad, I, I just I don't know. I, I mean, let's let's get there, but I, I I'm I'm never going to say that. Um, you know, somebody should be fired in year two. And I know the initial reaction is going to be, you know, anger, furious. And you have every right to be angry and furious and question everything that's going on up there. There's no question about that. Um, The thing that gives you some encouragement about Chad is how they handle things off field. You know, when when it comes to things like recruiting, and it is about getting better players in here. I mean, that's one of the problems. They don't have good enough players. Another problem may be the coaching, maybe the defense. I mean, I think there's absolutely – you can pin this loss on coaches not preparing the players to get ready for this game. I mean, Chad even said as much in the pregame that the players weren't ready. Okay, so, yeah, as I said, there's plenty of room under this bus for a lot of people to get under, including Chad Morris, John Chavis, Joe Craddock, Nick Starkle, the offensive line – Plenty of people can get under this bus. And we can also go on to Jeff Long. We can go to Brett Bielema. We can go all the way back to um, Bobby Petrino. I mean, there are plenty of things that have been wrong with this program. And the fans don't deserve it, man. I mean, this this was a once proud program, and it is the laughing stock of the SEC right now. I mean, you used to, just last week, you'd say at least there's Tennessee. Not now. All right, so like I, like I said, the, the, everything's rolling off the page here. So I'm sorry if I don't get to your questions, but it's just, it's faster than it's ever been here. And I don't blame you for having a lot of questions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What are your thoughts on adding Petrino as an OC? LOL, but seriously, I mean, LOL. That's about all I can respond to that. Petrino should be a a coordinator in the NFL. Nobody cares if you're a jerk in the NFL as long as you win. Um, Trey, is that that loss worse than ULM? I think is what you were saying. I'm going to scroll way down, guys, because they're just they're going so fast. Um, yeah, I think it probably was. I mean, San Jose State was one and eleven last year. They just lost to Tulsa. I mean, this is probably number two. I would think the Citadel was a pretty bad one. Ninety-one year before you're going to the SEC, um, they were a Division two or one double A or whatever um, modern version of FCS, I guess. Uh, that's probably the worst one still. But this one's. This one's pretty bad. I mean, this one's pretty bad. Don't don't mistake it. Jeff Cato says, don't insult Vandy like that. I'm not sure what that was responding to. Garrett Bernard says, if we started letting assistant coaches go, what caliber of coach will we even begin to try and get to come in here? I will say, one of you know, Frank Brule's made, for as great as he was, he made some mistakes when he was at Arkansas. And one of the ones was firing Jack Crow when he did. You know, looking back, yeah, you're like, yeah, get rid of him. You know, I understand that emotion, okay? Trust me. But I do think it set him back a little bit doing that. Arkansas was a different program back then, too. I mean, you're talking about two grandstands. You're about to enter the SEC, and your stadium's two grandstands. You don't have near the facilities that other SEC programs have. It was a different era. I mean, like I was saying – Arkansas, when you consider all the money that has gone in, they just built a $160 million expansion and renovation to the stadium. They just built, I mean, we're talking seven years ago, the Fred W. Smith Center, which is one of the nicest facilities of its kind in the country. Those practice fields, nobody's got practice fields like that. The Gene Jerry Jones um, Student Athlete Success Center. No, not many people have access to facilities like that across the country, and Arkansas football players do, and I guarantee you San Jose State or nobody in the Mountain West has anything close to that. And that's what makes you frustrated because Arkansas has got better players than San Jose State does, okay? You ought to win that game. It comes down to coaches not having players properly prepared, players not taking stuff seriously, and that all circulates back to coaches. Now, if this was an SEC game and they lost, you wouldn't see that. You wouldn't hear that kind of talk from me. I'm not going to, and maybe that's the seven years just hammering, just hammering down on you, you know, just hammering you down to where your expectations get really low. But you're not going to hear that kind of talk from me. But losing to San Jose State in year two, when you know you got better talent, even though you're void of talent in so many areas, you don't have depth, you have so many young players you got better talent than they do. You had every advantage working in your favor in this one, okay? You've had the better talent. You would like to think you had the better coaches. You had the home field advantage, and you lost the game. And not only lost it, but you fell down 24-7 to right out the bat. All right. Morris continues to say coaches will be held accounting, including himself. Where is Hunter? Hunter is in Little Rock right now, and I haven't heard Hunter's. He's at the um, the touchdown club. Man, 
these are rolling off so fast and I scrolled all the way down. So Hunter is at the, the touchdown club in Little Rock right now. And I haven't had a chance to listen to that. Norman Hunt says Leach will never come to Arkansas. A lot of coaches are going to start to feel that way. Um, that's not true, Norman. Um, Leach would have come to Arkansas. He would have. I mean, he was he was not in the mix initially. In mix, initially, it was uh, Norvell from Memphis, Gus Malzahn, and Chad Morris. And Leach was a late fly-in, okay? Um, but, yeah, Leach would have come to Arkansas. How will this – how will this season affect – how's this affected recruiting so far? So they've already lost Jamie Vance. That's, you know, he, he, he might have been headed a different direction anyway, but it's a direct result, in my opinion, of losing that game. I don't think that happens if you unless you lose that game. Um, this staff did a great job last year of keeping recruits committed. They went 2-10 and 10 and had the highest ranked recruiting class in terms of the point total, you know, not the actual ranking. That was still very good. But the highest point total, number of four-stars, never had 11 four-stars in a class before. And they still held that class together last year. So they've got to do it again. They're, they're going to have to – they've got eight games left. Football is a crazy sport, okay? There's no way in hell San Jose State should have come down to Fayetteville and won, okay? It happens where you can get some things going right. I still think they have the right quarterback in there. Now, Arkansas's offensive line is really struggling. That You know, you can talk about Chavis, the issues there, or excuse me, um, um, uh, Starkle, the issues with, uh, you know, his throwing and stuff. But that, that, that pocket's collapsing. You know, they're not getting a huge push in the running game. They're doing okay in the running game, but not really. I mean, just okay against that team is bad, okay? So – you have an issue there. You have uh, the offensive line is just, I mean, when it comes to pass protection, it is it is just crumbling. I mean, it's quick to go away. And Starkle has a step in the pocket. Some of his throws were off his back foot. Um, but it's tough when, you know, I, I always point back to this. There was a, a breakdown, I always, you know, this just recently, of uh, the Fields kid at Ohio State, the transfer from Georgia. And they're breaking down how mature he is for his age and how he, you know, here he is looking at his first receiver. It's not open. Then he goes to his second progression, his third, and his fourth progression. And they're breaking it down how he's doing this going, you know, player to player. And I'm just looking at his pocket. And it's like this. I mean, it's just stalemate. I mean, he's like got seven seconds. Of course he's got time to go through his progression. Of course he looks mature and poised in the pocket. He's got a wall in front of him. So, yes, Starkle needs to do some things like stepping into the pocket, but you're also stepping into your center's butt if you do that. You know, sometimes it's, you know, like, why don't you do this and why don't you do that? Sometimes you're just getting beat by a guy, and that's what happened a lot of times with Starkle. Um, So not only was he not stepping into the pocket, sometimes he couldn't, but not only was that an issue, he also wasn't accurate. He didn't have his day. I mean, anybody who's gone out and played golf – one day you think you got it figured out. You're like, all right, man, I've got this thing figured out. And the next day you play your worst round ever. Um, stuff like that happens. Now, the great ones, it happens less, and they figure out ways to get around that. And Starkle's got to, you know, he's got to do that too. But um, I still think Starkle is the guy at quarterback. I still think he gives you the best chance to win. I think he had an off day combined with trying to force some stuff. And, um, you know, some of that's on him, some of that's on the coaches. When will oh, that's gone? 
Who will? Who is the strength and conditioning coach? I feel we get manhandled on the line on both sides. They've got some problems on the offensive line that's not necessarily Tremaine Carroll's fault, okay? This goes back to – I mentioned that Mississippi State game, okay? That, to me, was the beginning of the split between Sam Pittman and Brett Bielman. Things started to diverge right there, okay? And then when Sam Pittman left your program, he also left a recruiting effort behind, okay? I mean, they were, they were going to get some recruits because of Pittman. So Pittman was your best recruiter on staff, and he's gone, okay? And you replaced him with Kurt Anderson, who did not do – not only did not do a good job coaching, I mean, it was like musical chairs on the offensive line, but he did a really poor job, in my opinion, uh, recruiting. And they have some players up front who – losing Noah Gatlin was huge. I mean, that guy, I think, has a potential to play on the next level. So losing him day one of practice, that's the first – major blow there but they've got some issues on the offensive line they're starting a true freshman on the offensive line and they have they got the numbers back right they've got 15 16 scholarship players there um that the numbers are right but they're having to play a true freshman at right guard so where are the other players and, and Strongberg's going to be a good player but being a freshman means the center's got to communicate hey we're doing this here you know or you, you gotta you, you're not just on your own um, I think they really struggled at tackle. And, uh, you know, you can say it's Tremaine Carroll's fault. I, I, don't, I don't think that's something that we can say now. I mean, maybe we get to the combine and everybody's bench presses are terrible if they, you know, get anybody to the combine ever. Uh, but I, I don't think you can put this at the feet of Tremaine Carroll. This is the problem with an offensive line. Offensive line has to be developed over years. Uh, I did feel like and I do still feel like they can be better than last year's offensive line. Okay, they should be better than last year's offensive line. They didn't show it in this last game. No question about it. Nate Davis says, y'all down in Arkansas need to lift the alcohol sales laws for Sundays. <laughs> you need to, That was a day you probably didn't think you needed any alcohol in your fridge, Nate. Yeah, Springdale. So I can go to Springdale if I need to get some. They have Sunday alcohol. Scott Lennon says, in your opinion, what position would you say needs to improve the most? Wow. how? I mean, you want me to say one, Scott? That's a tough one because uh, obviously you got to get better play at quarterback. But I would say the offensive line. I mean, offensive line and defensive line were two huge areas in this one. Two huge um, losses for Arkansas the way they played. You just didn't get any pressure on the quarterback. Defensive line played better in the second half, but still didn't get a – I mean, you didn't get any pressure. And, you know, I talk about Ricky Stromberg, but what does it say on the defensive line if your best option at end is a true freshman with one good hand? He's got a broken hand. I think it affects him. Losing Dorian Gerald was a huge – two guys on the edge. You lose Dorian Gerald, you lose Noah Gatlin. Two huge losses for Arkansas right there. By the way, on the injury report, it looks like they'll get Traylon Burks back, Colton Jackson back. Still probably not going to get Jordan Jones back. Uh, Devion Warren's not going to play. He's in concussion protocol. So uh, Devion Warren won't be there. Uh, Alan Wooten says the negativity from the fan base hurts our program in so many ways. We have a lot of uneducated fans as well. Pretty sad. Yeah, I mean, it's a vicious cycle, Alan. I mean, it's a, you, you're in a loop. You know, you're losing. You can't expect fans to be uh, positive all the time when things aren't going well. Um, you know, I will say going back with Houston Nutt, uh, I don't think that was handled very well by a certain segment of the fan base. Uh, I think it would have worked itself out anyway uh, without the planes and all of that stuff. But, um, you know, that was obviously a, a rough situation for 
for Arkansas. Um, it's it's hard for me to put a lot on the fans because I see what they go through. I mean, I grew up in this state. I mean, I know what it's like to be a Razorback fan. I went to the University of Arkansas. I'm I'm in a different situation as a media person, you know, because I do speak directly to fans all the time. Um, I'm not a newspaper writer. I hurt when Arkansas hurts. I mean, I do. But that doesn't prevent me from being able to step back and look at things objectively, okay? And that's where I kind of have to to draw the line for myself. So, um, But I do feel like I can relate to fans better than most people in the media just because of my background. Donnell Williams says, why can't we understand that you have to crawl before you can walk? It's true, but they've been crawling too long. You can't be crawling around as a seven-year-old. What's the story with Starkle and Bieber? Uh, it's not really a big story. I mean, he always wore a good luck Starkle shirt, basically, underneath his pads. It goes back to the time when he was trying to date this girl, and she was real into him. And, um, you know, he started liking him from then. And then, uh, you know, it's just things like you change things up. I went through, after they lost Ole Miss, I went through and changed all my profile pictures. You know, maybe it's just a superstitions type of stuff. And I think there's merit in superstition because I think it can reset your mind. It can get you in a routine. Um, and I think in sports, those are good things. I think that's why there's a good marriage of superstition in sports. You know, it doesn't technically, it doesn't technically mean anything, but it does to the individual getting you in a routine. Um, you know, I think that stuff is, is fine. And, uh, you know, he's like resetting it, you know, He's resetting. You know, it's it's kind of like a symbolic thing of no more distractions, no more stupid stuff. It's time for me to focus and lead this team. So, I think he. I think it was. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Now, um, Justin Bieber said he was disappointed with Nick Starkle. <laughs> I don't blame him either for throwing tearing his shirt and throwing it in the trash. But I also don't blame Nick Starkle for uh, resetting things. Kind of changes mojo a little bit. That's why you see players change their number and things like that. I mean, in reality. It doesn't matter, but the universe, you know, maybe it does. Maybe it matters in your head. A petition to bring back Bobby Petrino, it's just not going to happen, guys. I mean, it's it's fun to talk about, I guess, but that's, that's not going to happen. And it's still premature on Chad Morris, guys. There's still eight games left. He's got eight games left to get this thing right, okay? Eight games left. They got more talent than what they showed against San Jose State. They didn't have the right frame of mind, and that goes back to the coaching. Jeff Cato says, I would take a, com a competitive right now. They can't even do that. I mean, the expectation levels are low. I mean, you're just wanting to see this team. I mean, what were the expectations? This is what I said. I'll say this again. This is what I said over and over again. The expectations for this team and the healthy way to look at this program. Again, I picked them to go six and six and then said they were more likely to win five than seven. Still picking them to go to a bowl game. I'm not saying they're going to do that now. But there still are some opportunities and crazy things happen in college football. So, But I, what I said is the expectations for this team are to um, watch a young team grow, watch them take their lumps, don't expect championships, temper your expectations, and you can enjoy this college football season. I don't know that that's still a realistic, healthy way to look at this team. I don't know that there is a healthy way to look at them. You know, obviously frustration. I get it. Donnell Williams makes a great point here. The offensive line is just too small. They want their offensive lineman to be 300 to 315 pounds. So, on that game Saturday, I look out there and I see a left tackle who goes about 276. 
I see a center who goes well sub 300. I see a right guard who goes about 275. That's a small offensive line. It's a great point, Donnell Williams. Donald or Donnell, I'm not sure how you say your name, but um, that's a great point you make there. Um, and people can point, again, to True Carroll, that it's his problem. But this is what this is what he's got. He's working with here. Um, one guy's a true freshman, one guy's a junior college player. You know, they'll get bigger. And Clary, I mean, he's just a little south of, of 300 at center. Marjorie... Marjorie Head Garrick says, can we talk about bright spots like the wide receiver core? Yeah, we can, we can hit on that. Um, they've got some very talented wide receivers. Traylon Burks and Trey Knox are two of the most talented freshman wide receivers in the country. There is not a lot of teams out there that are going to have two freshman wide receivers like those two guys. No question about it. But you got to have more than that. you got to have more than two guys. you got to have more than Rakeem Boyd. You know, um, Devil has struggled running the ball, obviously. He ran a lot better against Colorado State. He's done some good things in the passing game, but they got to get some more from Devois. Got to get more from the running game. 50 passes is too many. A lot of that's a product of, um, you know, you've got some, some plays where there are options and then you've got some, uh, you know, catch-up to do. And that's, that's what factored into that. But Wide receivers, yeah, they've got some good freshman wide receivers, no question about it. And, you know, some of the other guys played well, too. Sean Larry Townsend says, O-line sucks, D-line sucks. They definitely sucked on Saturday, no question about it. Chris Neville says, never. Not every, never. Uh, Matt O'Worley says, don't forget, don't forget linebackers are too slow. I mean – the linebackers struggled Saturday too. There were some issues with them, no question. They have they definitely had a problem uh, getting to the edge against several opponents that they've played. They're thin at they're thin at linebacker. I mean, yeah, they've got some freshman D backs playing. I mean, that's another thing. You know, th- again, we can talk about you know they're thin at linebacker. The D line didn't play very well. The offensive line isn't protecting. They're young in the secondary. We can talk about all of these excuse-type things, okay? We can talk about all that. The bottom line is they did not just lose to a bad SEC team on Saturday. They lost at home to San Jose State. Again, kudos to San Jose State. Good on you guys. Hey, I'll follow you guys. I I hope you guys do great things in the Mountain West, okay? It's not about y'all, okay? This is about Arkansas. This is about a standard for this program that is not being reached right now. And you can talk about play calls and why did they do this. I mean, heck, when they were down there on the four-yard line and they're going to go for it on fourth down, first of all, I was telling Danny sitting next to me, he's like, you got to kick a field goal here. you got you got to kick – the game isn't going to be decided on this fourth down play. And then when you see the personnel out there, the tight ends, you know, you got two tight ends, Hayden Johnson. You know, you don't have – some of your weapons in the passing game out there. I looked over at Danny and said, this is a run right up the middle. This is a run right up the gut. And anybody who's looking out there can tell that. But despite that, despite the play calls, despite poor play, despite being thin, no reason to lose a game like that in year two. There's none. And I know Chad Morris's word has been unacceptable. But what else are you going to put on it? What else are you going to put on it? It's absolutely unacceptable. The fans deserve better. This state deserves better. 
there is one show in this town. You can talk about recruiting demographics and stuff like that. Again, it doesn't matter when we're talking about San Jose State, but when we're talking about competing against teams in the SEC, you can talk about recruiting demographics and things like that. Um, there is a lot of energy in this state, and that matters. There is a huge fan support in this state. Fans are dying to see this program get back. The support is there. And I can't blame, you know, 15, 25,000 empty seats in the stadium. 20,000, what was it, 55,000 in there? So 25,000 empty seats in the stadium, 20,000 seats in, empty seats in the stadium. I can't blame, you know, fans for, for that against a San Jose State team. And even I said, you know, I'm overlooking this team. Fans are overlooking this team. I mean, you think you go into a game like that and just watch them take care of business and move on to the next opponent. You know, I didn't even do like a five burning questions up to, you know, before that game because, you know, what questions are you going to ask? You should just, you know, run this team out of the building and it'd be over. Get some of these young guys some work. All right, how much longer we got? We got about three minutes, guys. I'm going to get to the, some of these, the rest of these questions here. Before we wrap up here, I'm going to remind you one last time, plenty of ways to watch and listen at hogsports.com, uh, or excuse me, at, with Hogsports Live. You can watch on Facebook Live, hence the name Hogsports Live. Always streaming there and taking your questions there. We run the show at about 2.30, 2.45 uh, on Mondays after the press conferences are over, so we have some fresh information off of that. We run the show uh, on Thursdays. Usually usually about 11, 11.30 on the show on Thursday, so be sure to log on uh, if you want to join in live. And then um, on after the game at some point, after I've you know, kind of gathered my thoughts, written you know, maybe a couple of stories and you know, the press conferences and all that stuff have wrapped up, uh, then I'll do my walk and talk outside the stadium. Or if I'm not at the game, um, like this weekend I won't be in Texas A&M. Uh, Pete Roulier, our man, is going down there to cover uh, there. We'll cover everything from here, uh, but I'll do that from the studio, and then uh, you know, I'll call up Pete and we'll talk about it. So uh, that's kind of how, how things are run. So uh, if you want to join in on Facebook Live, those are the times to join in. Immediately following, we're going to upload that to YouTube. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel and hit the notifications bell so you know anytime that we upload new videos. Always on Apple Podcasts, the number one rated show on Apple Podcasts. We need some more reviews. We want to we want to make sure that everybody, when they search Arkansas Razorbacks, they see our podcast. Uh, so throw us a five-star rating and give us a review if you don't mind right now. Uh, also available on Spotify and Stitcher. So plenty of ways to watch and listen. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off for your first year at HAWGsports.com. And if you like the more casual stuff that comes out of press conferences and, of course, breaking news that we send to your email inbox, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Go to Hogsports.com, scroll to the middle of the page, enter your email, and hit enter or send or whatever and then check your activation email and make sure you click that and you'll get free content from us every morning and including any breaking news items zach east is that my zach east from sheridan zach east says move all the games to little rock jj waters says do you think our offensive scheme is just too bland and or product predictive um again i don't think it should matter against san jose state i don't think it should matter against san jose state okay jj i mean i think you would agree with me on that um but, no, I don't. I mean, I think that they – I mean, obviously, at, coming out of a game like that, you're going to have criticisms and stuff on on play calls. And, yeah, I think that that goal line play where they line up and they've got two tight ends in there and then you're only four yards out, that it's, it's a running play, you know. I don't think you should be that predictive. But, uh, again, you know, you'd like to see them punch it in there on a team like that. Um, but, again, they should have kicked field goal. They should have kicked field goal. 
And they should have kicked the field goal the next time also. That was six points left on the board. Stephen Baker says, if you have ever been to a Razorback game, there should be plenty of tickets available for the next home game. If you've never been, yeah. Uh, Christy Nay Reeves says, thanks for your perspective, Trey. This, surely, this is surely a trying time for us all. It's been a tough seven years, Christy. I mean, we've all been right there together. It's not the end of the world. It just feels like it. It's what I always say. It's never as bad as it seems. That's some cliche for you at the end as we wrap this stuff up. Texas A&M will score 50 points on our defense. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them, Nepo Harv. A&M will lose against Arkansas this weekend. I've seen crazier things than that, too, Maurice Norman. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see them go down there and be competitive, as crazy as that sounds. I know it sounds absolutely insane right now for me to say that, um, but it wouldn't surprise me. It also wouldn't surprise me to see Arkansas just come out completely uninspired. But it wouldn't surprise me to see them gut check themselves a little bit. They've got more ta- – they're a better team than what they showed Saturday. They're a better team than they showed. It comes down to uh, to getting them ready, preparing them, having the right mental attitude. I mean, you don't go down there – you know, all the stuff like hamming it up in front of the camera, like Moore said, being loosey-goosey and stuff. I mean, if this if that doesn't check yourself as a man, then I don't know what will, okay? That ought to hit right here, all right? If they're ever going to show some heart, it's going to be this week. If they are ever going to show some heart this season, it is this week. If they don't show it this week, then I don't think we're going to see it, guys. I just don't. Okay. I think we did it. 43-55. All right, I want to thank everybody. Sorry if I didn't get to your question, guys. We just had a lot of stuff on here today, a lot of activity. And I definitely appreciate everybody tuning in. I wish it was under better circumstances. I wish we could have something positive to talk about for once. Nothing like covering a winning team, right? All right, everybody. I want to thank you once once more for joining me. And uh, we will be back with you guys on Thursday, unless there's a reason for an emergency podcast, because we do those too. So sign up at hogsports.com if you haven't done so already. Throw us that review if you haven't done so. Throw us a thumbs up. We really appreciate it. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we will catch you next time. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.